Today on Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, we take care of our own. Welcome to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. the podcast where we talk about every Bruce Springsteen song alphabetically, one by one. My name is Rob Carmack, and I'm here with J.B. Clark. Hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, hey, J.B., this is a big one. It's the it's track one, side one of your intro album, Wrecking Ball. We are talking about the song We Take Care of Our Own, which is the opening track to the 2012 album Wrecking Ball, which J.B. has said on multiple occasions is if not his favorite album, at least one of his favorite albums. And, Absolutely. Uh, so this is like when you when you... If, if you're gonna love an album, that that opening track needs to needs to really hum. So, JB, let's let's go back to 2012 or whenever you first discovered this album. You're, yeah, let's do it. You're looking for. You're, I, I don't I don't know what the circumstances were that led you specifically to this album, but you got it. You put on some headphones, I assume. Yep. Hit put the play on, button. Put on the cans. We're gonna hit we're gonna play. listen. We're gonna listen to it, starting with the opening track. And this song comes on. What are your What are your first initial? How do How do you respond to it? Well, I mean, that right out of the gate, my first thought was, "Whoa! All right, what's he trying to do with these drums?" Uh, and then the guitar comes in, and I'm like, "Okay, okay." And then the other, the other guitar, like the rhythm guitar, comes in. I'm thinking, "All right, that's some that's some sick tone." And then the the four tom thing kind of stops, and he goes into just like a nice snare. Whole band comes in. It's really rock and roll, but we also have some like claps and some bells. Yeah, and I'm thinking. Okay, so hang on a second. This is this is like rock and roll. This is a this is a real deal, you know, bona fide rock star from the beginning of the rock and roll era in American music. And here he is putting out a rock and roll, but also tight pop song. Uh, okay, I'm listening. You got my attention. And then, I mean, the lyrics come in. They're awesome. The guitar tones are awesome the bass comes in you got some backup vocals coming in everything's really nice i'm kind of listening to the lyrics i'm listening to them a little bit and i'm thinking okay okay i'm into it and then there's a line in the second verse where um where i'm fully in and and we haven't gotten there yet but i'm just gonna mention this one line he says From Chicago to New Orleans, from the muscle to the bone, from the shotgun shack to the Superdome, there ain't no help. The cavalry stayed at home. Yeah, that's a so, good, that's a good verse, man. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I I lived a few hours from New Orleans, few, like a couple hour drive from New Orleans, uh, growing up, and so, I, you know, I didn't have power after Katrina for a little while. Like, my town didn't have power for a little while in Jackson, Mississippi, um, and we were running uh, shelters and stuff for people because we were sort of the first big stop that wasn't wrecked on the main thoroughfare out of town. And we were where like the main thoroughfare out of new Orleans North, you know, cause they weren't going East or West. Uh, so they had to go, basically they had to take 49 to Jackson to get to 20 to go West or Northwest or to get to 55 to go, uh, North, like all the way up to Chicago or whatever. So all the roads ran kind of start where we are. If you're getting out, if you're going north from there mm-hmm. and um, at, at least as far as they were concerned, you know, that week, because all the other routes were sort of not viable. And so um, just kind of seeing the way that the rest of the country, like like the emergency management around the country handled that uh, was just as someone who wasn't politically involved at that age, which just blew my mind. 
yeah. and seeing like a governor who I fully disagreed with on almost everything uh, step up and, and make it sort of a grassroots effort at home here uh, was cool. It's just like seeing that he, uh, he, Haley Barber, he did a great job. He did a much better job than George Bush did uh, or anyone else. The bar is very low when you start saying it that way, though. Yes. Uh, Haley Barber did not nonchalantly fly over the city and acknowledge it. Uh, anyway. Great job, Brownie. Yeah. Anyway, when he got to that lyric. It's a good lyric. Shotgun Shack to the Superdome. There ain't no help. The Calvary stayed home. I was like, okay, this dude's plugged in. This dude's plugged all the way in. Yeah. And that, I mean, we'll get to it more when we talk about the, the lyrics. But yeah, this song, like there are some songs where Bruce is being subtle and coy, like Hey Blue Eyes. And that, but the, like you can listen to that song and think it's about a woman. But like there are some songs where he's like, I don't have time to be clever. I'm, I just need to tell you what you need to know. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's not going to run the risk of somebody misinterpreting the song. He's going to like it, it is so overtly what it is. The, the yeah. message of this song. We'll do a, a couple of basic facts real quick. So uh, this song was the first single from this album. In fact, this was the live de- debut of this song was on the 54th Grammy Awards on February 12th, 2012. So that's the first time anybody heard this song live. Like the news had dr- had come out, like Bruce is coming out with a new album. It's Wrecking Ball. The first song is We, sh- we Take Care of Our Own. So like he like just kind of shot out of a cannon with this song um, in terms of like how the public saw it. And um, like this... He didn't just play it at the Grammy Awards. This was the opening, like, this This was the act that opened the Grammy Awards in 2012. The most recent performance of the song is June the 22nd, 2016 in Copenhagen, Denmark, and which was, this was the only performance of the song in 2016 on the River Tour. So ever since the Wrecking Ball Tour, the song kind of became a semi-rarity. Uh, although the, the song was played throughout Barack Obama's 2012 presidential campaign because uh, Obama was running for re-election in 2012, which is right after this album came out. And, yeah. um, and he also played it, uh, the song was also played after Obama's victory speech in Chicago that year. And because he did win uh, re-election, obviously. So uh, sale, sales of the song rose 409% following Obama's speech at the Democratic National Convention. So this song got played, and like, and like <laughs> apparently some people were like, oh, Bruce Springsteen, right. <laughs> and they just went and started buying the song. Uh, 409% uh, more, more sales after that. And then um, this was the one time in history when a presidential candidate did not receive a cease and desist order from Bruce Springsteen. So, <laughs> uh, so that's, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, the song was nominated for two Grammy Awards uh, for Best Rock Performance and Best Rock Song. It did not win, but it was nominated. And Rolling Stone Magazine named this uh, this song the 32nd best song of 2012. So uh, it was pretty universally well received, I would say. It's uh, it's so killer. Yeah, it's a, it's a really like you said, it's just it's rock and roll. And I remember wondering prior to the release of the single what it was going to be like in a post Clarence because this is the first time we're getting new music from Bruce and the E Street Band after the death of Clarence Clemens. So they're like the stakes feel very high at this point. Like what what is the world going to be like and what is this sound going to be like now that Clarence is not like he's I mean very clearly not going to be part of this recording session. So is that going to fundamentally change who Bruce is as a recording artist? And I mean I think in retrospect like oh like I it's not that I don't miss Clarence but Bruce is like he's fine. You know what I mean? Like I'm not speaking on like a personal emotional level but on an artistic level like he can continue to make good music, you know. So yeah, so I think like he he definitely like came out swinging with with this song. Yeah, I mean, holy cow, what a way to start a record. Yes, for sure. 
Yeah, uh, it's it's a really like, strong track one side one for sure. Yeah, and we talked. I mean, last week we talked about the last song. It it this song opens and closes. Uh, yes. Well. And and uh, I'll say I think the middle is very good too, but uh, it's yeah. it's a yeah it's a great 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 uh, opening track. Oh, I I saw him do this it, again on the 2012 Wrecking Ball tour when I saw him in um, in Jersey. He obviously it was it was the, he was touring on this album and the song is a big part of that promotion. So I, I did get to hear him do it and it was freaking awesome. So good. This is one of those albums like if he decided to like start doing this one front to back. At, at live shows, that would be pretty rad. I mean, I, yeah. Obviously, I don't think he ever will. I think that's that's a legacy act sort of thing, and I think I think Bruce tends to think of his legacy years being um, greetings from Raspberry Park through Born in the USA. You know, like mm-hmm. those those seem to be the the years that he wants to celebrate at the live shows the most when he's when he goes into legacy band mode. But man, I, I would I would not mind at all seeing a ten year anniversary of this album with a full you know with a full band replay in twenty twenty two. So, yeah. um, and quite frankly, it feels more relevant today than it ever did, you know, in 2012. So, yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. As, as a lot of stuff on this record, it has aged pretty well Yeah, and not, not in a good way necessarily. <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, you, it doesn't mean that things have gotten better. It just means that like <laughs> things haven't. Yeah. It, it would be fine. I, I think this is one of those situations where it'd be like, man, I would, I would be okay with it if this song was a little less relevant now than it is. But you know, that's the. The sadness, like going back to the secret sessions, like this is part of the lament that we all have to sort of join in on is like how relevant these songs continue to be, you know? Yeah. I guess that's more of an indictment of who we are now. Any Anything else? Uh, like there's chimes there. There's all sort like this. I feel like he threw everything but the kitchen sink at this song, you know? It's like a big yeah. wall of sound. God, it is so, uh, so well layered. The, just like the acoustic and the, the just those like just grungy guitar tones that are just sort of like picked out like he doesn't care at all you know about yeah. tone so rock and roll but then everything else is so beautiful uh, as far as tone goes uh from the bass and um you know the strings in the background and the drums just the way he's sort of like rolling off the toms and the and the bass drum um i, I just come on yeah well I, I guess we should say also this is the debut of Bruce's uh, th- th- this is the first appearance of Bruce's collaboration with Ron Aniello. Uh yeah it is so it was like, a great collaboration yeah so this is if, if there were if there was anybody out there who was I don't know how many people really like pay attention to who's producing the albums but up like all through the 2000s Bruce collaborate Bruce tends to like choose different producers for every decade and Brendan O'Brien was the producer for the 2000s, and then the 2010s roll around, and Bruce jumps over to Ron Aniello, and uh, this is this is the first time we get to hear what that sounds like. And man, Ron brings an entire wall of sound with him, and uh, in a good way. Like it's it's really it's big and it's strong. And again, like he's without Clarence Clemens here, and so it's there's probably a certain amount of like we need to really fill the space that Clarence would have filled on his own. And um, man, they don't disappoint. They do it in a very artful, masterful sort of way. I think. I think he also may have performed this song. Oh, I might be wrong. I want to say he performed this song on um, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. But I, I know he did Death to My Hometown. I can't remember if he also yeah, did this I, one. Yeah, he did this one. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, man, it's a good song. So, uh, lyrics? Should we get into lyrics? Oh, yeah, we haven't even done lyrics yet. We, I kind of yeah. forgot because we kind of did them a while ago. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll just run, run through them the and whole see thing. anything yeah. else to, to get on. So, uh, he, he says, uh, verse one, it says, I've been knocking on the door that holds the throne. I've been looking for a map that leads me home. I've been stumbling on good hearts turned to stone. 
the road of good intentions has gone dry as a bone. Then the chorus, which there's a traditional chorus here. We take care of our own. We take care of our own. Wherever this flag is flown, we take care of our own. So basically, like, I'm looking around for the people who are supposed to be helping. I'm looking, I'm looking for, like, the signs of we are part of a society in which we lift each other up. And, like, it's a lament, right? Like, he's lamenting, like, I'm not seeing the thing that should be here, which is, like, concern yeah. for your neighbor. And, um, and so that's the – and then not only Born in the USA – the verses serve as lament, and then the chorus is sort of, first of all, a cry, but second of all, a reminder of who we're supposed to be. I, I like this because, like Born in the USA, it has that sort of sarcastic chorus, but this this chorus works both ways. Yeah, I think so, so too. So it's like, we take care of our own wherever this flag's flown, yeah, we're right. Or, but also, wherever this flag's flown, you may not take care of your own, but we do. Yeah, it's a reminder of it's the difference between who we are and who we're supposed to be, or, or mm-hmm. be, you know, and like this is what people mean, like when or who we're supposed to be and who we are. Yeah, you, you see yeah. what I'm saying? It works either way. Yeah, exactly. So, it, I mean, not unlike how when there were, I mean, I mentioned this in the last episode, but the 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 photos of of children in cages, you know, and and yeah. the, the parent separation, and there were so many people who were posting photos. And what they were saying is, this is not who we are. And of course, the rebuttal is like, well, obviously it is who we are because this is what's happening. But then what they're saying, though, is like, we should be better than this. Like, th- this may be who we, who, what we are acting like, but somewhere inside of us, like our better angels are crying out for something better than this. And that, that is what the song is trying to articulate, right? It's, it's him saying, we, we, take, we take care of our own is a value that we should embody, even when we don't. So the, the verses are a way of saying, like, something is wrong. And then the chorus is a way of saying, this is why it's wrong. Right? Right. So then it's, it's got your favorite, which is, from Chicago to New Orleans, from the muscle to the bone, from the shotgun shack to the Superdome, there ain't no help, the cavalry stayed home, there ain't no one hearing the bugle blow. And the, the sound of a bugle is the sound of the cavalry, the cavalry being like the rescue mission. And then back to the chorus, which is, we take care of our own. Then it says, where are the eyes, the eyes with the will to see? Where are the hearts that run over with mercy? Where, where's the love that has not forsaken me? Where's the work that set my hands, my soul free? Where's the spirit that'll reign, reign over me? Where's the promise from sea to shining sea? So it's a quite like it's it's the this rhythmic re- repetition of of these questions. Like where are the things that are supposed to be part of this? Where wherever this flag is, or where's the promise from sea to shining t- sea? And then he repeats that. Where's the promise from sea to shining sea? Wherever this flag is flown. And he says that two more times, wherever this flag is flown, wherever this flag is flown, we take care of our own. So, um, again, it's, it's the, the mixture of the lament and the challenge. And it's basically like he's, he's like pointing his finger in all of our faces and saying, we're, you are better than this. We are better than this. And even though we're not acting like it, we should be better than this. If he released this album now, I would say this is so surgical and so necessary. And the fact that he had this album out seven years before now is amazing you know what i mean like how does his work get more important as it gets older yeah man i don't know it's beautiful though i mean you you sort of got into the theme i think pretty well earlier when when we dug into that second verse i I don't really have anything to add to that what 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 else do you see here i think i sort of showed my whole hand (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) i will say that this song if i'm asked to like play some music somewhere for a thing that's supposed to mean something and i can't pull anything out of my own bag uh i will talk about the importance of this song and play this song and it always 
as as much as I believe in this song on its own merits, people also think that I'm special, <laughs> like a special talent if I just bust this song out. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's like a secret weapon. Yeah, it's not because it's like especially hard to play or anything. It's just like it's a song that I feel very passionate about, so that helps. But like. Not a lot of people know this song for whatever reason. Just general, like all Bruce fans know this song, but just for whatever reason, has it permeated the general public, right? Which it's is funny because it wasn't. It was a relatively successful single when it was out. You know, when it when it was new. Yeah. But you're right. Like it, it has not stuck to the ribs of society as much as a lot of Bruce's earlier stuff has. And I know yeah, that, and yeah. and so you know you bust it out and people think like, oh, look at this deep cut. <laughs> this kind of this deep cut. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this deep cut means so much to me too. And then, so you've made a new fan of the song, but I'll, I don't know. I just, I love, I love playing the song and it always, it's never gone for like people are always just in love with it. Uh, it's a great so, song. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's funny how, and maybe this is a thing that happens mainly with like legacy artists who have been around for as long as someone like Bruce has, but it's funny that like the lead single off of an album that was not, not only a lead single, it, he played it at the Grammys. It was the Obama campaign song. You know, like this is, th this song was ubiquitous in 2012. And and that it is now considered to be a deep cut just because of like, just because of where it like permanently exists in the overall body of work of Bruce Springsteen. It's, I feel mm -hmm. like it's unfair to the song, but it's all, I guess that's just the nature of being an artist with as, you know, as large a body of work as Bruce's, that he can have a song that was as successful as this song was. I mean, there, most musicians would kill to have a song that's this successful. And yet yeah. it, it's, it's, it is sort of like at the bottom of the pile when it comes to like well-known songs of Bruce Springsteen's it just, just because of like who he was as an artist before he ever wrote the song, you know, like it's yeah. like, I, I feel like the song deserves to be remembered more than it is, you know, like this should be yeah. one of those songs that when you break it out, everybody's like, Oh, right. This is a Bruce Springsteen song. You know what I mean? But, um, it just, it, for whatever reason it, it has not like stayed in, in the, in the zeitgeist. Yeah. I don't know why either. Cause it's it's great. Uh, yeah, it's out of this world, man. How many shotgun shacks do you give it? Five, man. I give this song five shotgun shacks. I'm a five as well. Welcome to the Hall of Fame. We take care of our own. Yeah. Yeah. I think th th absolutely. Yeah, th this one, this one just skates right in. I think. Um, I I'm, I'm with you, man. I love this song. I hearing it live was really, um, it was electric. It, it, it's just it's one of those songs like, like I dare you, I dare you not to get excited about Bruce doing this song live in a stadium. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. How, how are you going to, like, is your heart beating? Are you alive at any sort of level? Because like, where, how, how do you not get excited about this song? So, um, and I'm sure, I mean, I don't know. Like I realize like the later stuff, everybody, like everybody has a hot take about it, but man, this, this album is so good. This, this album, and we talked before about this, but when this album came out, th this should have been a reminder to everybody who listens to music. Like don't, don't stop paying attention to what Bruce Springsteen's doing because he he continues to like make really exciting music in his at the time his sixties, you know. Yeah. So uh, he is he is making incredibly relevant music today still. Yeah, that's I mean, and that's the thing is like who th this is why he's the greatest is because who has had a body of work like his and continues to be the kind of artist that anytime he does anything, it's like you would be remiss to not at least pay attention. You know, like, yeah, um, I, I don't know of any other artist who who has that kind of reach and has that kind of longevity, you know, and I mean, and people might say like Paul McCartney because, you know, he was in the Beatles and, and continues to make new music. But I don't 
like I don't know that anybody considers anything that Paul McCartney did post Beatles as like deeply significant or important. You know what I mean? Like in, in fact, even when Paul McCartney was interviewed on WTF with Mark Marin, Marin asked him like, "Do you feel like the new music you're doing is is the most important music you did, you've ever done?" And Paul's answer was, "No, I was in the Beatles." <laughs> yes, I was in a band called the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to which, like, which right, correct. That's correct. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, but the insane thing is like Bruce Springsteen was in a band called Bruce Springsteen, the E Street Band, and he is still making music that's as relevant yeah. um, as ever has been. I can't wait for the new record because I know this one and this to me is his most relevant recent record. Yeah, um, I think that's right. Well, I mean, I the only how, thing we have to compare it to is I hope it's really like touching a ton of stuff so you know there's some there's some stuff in there but it wasn't like new um it wasn't like whole cloth new material Sp- speaking specifically of american skin <laughs> no well, yeah american uh, skin and ghost of tom joad these i mean these are albums are like ghost of, there's a whole other album called the ghost of tom joad you know like right. he's he's not exactly bring, and, and a lot of the songs on high hopes are covers like yeah um but um wrecking ball was is just incredibly important. It tells you like he he still had something to say, and basically as a way of like letting everybody know like do not sleep on Bruce Springsteen. Like I realized like he then would go on to do High Hopes and would do the River Tour, which was a full on legacy band kind of thing to do, but it was still inside of him. And then obviously he did the Broadway show, which is another like legacy act, like a reflection on my life. Like it really almost seemed like he was kind of like closing the book on like him as as someone who makes new music. And that this this album up to that point, this album was sort of like his last, like the last new thing he would say before he would yeah. begin to be the guy who's like reflecting on his life's work. And although now it seems like with Western Stars and whatever he's got cooking with the E Street Band next, like right, this new E Street Band record, yeah. And I Whew. like, there's no telling when that's going to happen, but um, but that that he can he continues to cha- challenge himself when really any like he really the the Broadway show. If, if you're if you're tracking the narrative arc of Bruce Springsteen's entire life, the Broadway show is a good place to sort of wrap it up. Like he wanted to ride off into the sunset and never put anything out ever again after the Broadway show. From a narrative level, that would make a lot of sense, you know. But the fact that he still wants to say things is great, and that and this album is a reminder that when Bruce really wants to say something, he will, and it will and it, it will be meaningful, you know. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, yeah, we take care of our own. Great song, straight fives, Hall of Fame. Any any Absolutely. parting any parting shots on that before we uh, write off? I mean, this is a great. This is one of my all time favorite Bruce Springsteen songs. Go listen to it a bunch. Share it with a friend who hasn't heard it before. Is it a top ten song for you? I don't know, but that seems super plausible that it would be. At some point, we're gonna have to. You and I are gonna have to share our top. It's gonna have to happen. 10, I got to. Yeah. Every time I start working on it, I'm like. This is so overwhelming of a task. <laughs> I know. It took me about a year to do mine. It um, I and I had to go one song at a time. It was very tedious, but I've I've got it locked in. We'll do maybe we should do like a top twenty-five or so. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to see. Go a little bit at a time. Well, I got I got to do the whole thing at once. Yeah. Um. I got you. So I'll I'll be curious to see where this lands on your uh, once your list is done. I'll be curious to see what number it gets. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. And next time we're with you, we will talk about the song "What Love Can Do." And uh, until then, everybody, you know, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, because we take. And care we'll of just our have own. to speculate. Yeah. As to what love can do, until then. Yeah. 
Use your imaginations. Yeah. <laughs> and, and take care of each other. Yeah. You're that's what the song is all about. Yeah. All right. Well, JB, thanks for hanging out. Yeah. And thanks to uh, everybody else out there who's been hanging out. And we will see you all next time with What Love Can Do. Mm-hmm.